Great. Hello, everyone. It's great to see you all. Uh, lots. Of, I, I wasn't here too long ago, was I? A couple of months, maybe. Uh, so a few familiar faces, a few not so familiar. Great to see everyone here. And um, it's really, really good to be sharing on the second family value today. Um, but before I do, I uh, just want to say that Family Church has been part of the Assemblies of God since January 2020. And the Assemblies of God is a movement of Pentecostal churches all around the nation. There's about 500 churches that are part of AOG, Assemblies of God. And uh, they, they run for, uh, for those who want to receive uh, ministerial credentials with the Assemblies of God. So become um, a, a recognized uh, minister, reverend, um, then they run a, a three-year training course. It's called MIT, Ministers in Training. And the last two days, um, I have been at MIT um, as a coach. So I'm one of the, the blessed ones that get to, to meet all these new ministers in training and, and to help them uh, to do their training. And Pastor Sean and Paula, who have just taken over running our Portsmouth congregation, they are, uh, well, Sean is a minister in training. So Sean is going there to receive the, uh, the, the training. I'm there to kind of receive it, but also to coach people through it. And it's been absolutely brilliant. The only thing that wasn't brilliant about this last weekend was that I went on Friday, which was my wedding anniversary. So I got to spend the day and night with Sean on my... <laughs> wedding anniversary in Bedworth and uh, we got back last night just before 10 o'clock was up setting up in Portsmouth this morning uh, from 7 and uh, it was I have to say it was the smallest team that we've had since lockdown Um, and it was really hard work this morning so I've decided I'm not going to speak today I'm just going to lie here and sleep <laughs> is that right? Uh, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna be speaking, and uh, I'm I'm excited to be here. I I think um, it's good to be where God is, isn't it? And it's good to be in the middle of what God's doing. And and I just we really sense as as leaders uh, of family church that God is doing something uh, in His church at this time. And as as we talked about this weekend, it was so good. Um, we talked about being authentic, being real. Uh, having people that you can be authentic with in your life, having people as ministers, people that you can talk to about anything that you need to talk to. And, and there's this real emphasis, you know, having been through maybe decades of, of seeing uh, pastors who have, have um, done great things for God but, but not had character to sustain it um, over many years in different areas of, of the assemblies of God. There's this real emphasis now of actually we've got to concentrate on the character of, of our pastors, of our leaders. We've got to make sure people are serving God um, and, and, and in those prominent positions as, as leaders in the church um, and they have the right character. And so it was absolutely brilliant to be part of that. You know, uh, leading churches, um, it's, it's an absolute joy, but it has its hard times too, um, as I'm sure you'll appreciate. Um, and it's, it's one, of those, one of those things, you know, um, having done this now for nearly 25 years, it, it's one of these things that um, you, you have to take the rough with the smooth. Um, but I'm glad to say, um, and I always remind myself of this, there are more who are for us than who are against us. <laughs> Amen. And there are more great people uh, than, than the ones that, that um, sometimes cause problems. Um, and, uh, and there are more people actually growing in their walk with God than those who are struggling. And, and, and what we want to do is, is not get distracted by the, those who are struggling or those who are causing the problems and what have you, but actually help them to find God again. 
help them to grow in their walk with God. And I just want to encourage you, you know, wherever you're at, um, whether you feel like you're thriving in your walk with God or whether you feel like you're lagging behind or whether you feel like you're struggling, whether you feel like you, you, you're just carrying stuff in your life at the moment that, that is, is just heavy, um, I just really believe that God wants to say to you, keep going, keep going. Um, whatever you're facing, what, whatever challenges you're facing in life, God wants to say to you today, keep going, keep pressing in, because there is, there is gold to be found. There is treasure to be found, and, and God wants you to find it. Amen? So, um, yeah, so it's great to be sharing with you today. So I'm going to be sharing on family value number two, which is we are commissioned. Uh, thank you for the thank you card, Pastor Jeff and Jane. Claire, you probably organised it. Um, <laughs> she organises most things around here. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, do you want to hear what it says? <laughs> it says, to Pastor Stu, <laughs> we are so excited to have you with us in gospel today. Thank you for all that you do in building God's kingdom and for all that you do in each FC congregation, smiley face. You're such a huge blessing to us all. With love from Jeff and Jane and all your gospel family. Thank you for that there. Next to the Union Jack. Yes, beautiful. Awesome. So, so I'm just like you. I'm, I'm nothing special, um, really. <laughs> uh, but I have an opportunity to, to share God's word with you. T- yeah, that, that came across wrong, didn't it? I, I see what you mean there. That really came across really wrong, didn't it? <laughs> Okay, so now you see that I'm just like you then. I put my foot in it a lot. <laughs> Anyone else put their foot in it ever? Yeah, only, only me and Pastor Jeff basically, isn't it? <laughs> so what I mean is we're all ordinary people. Um, but also what I mean is that I get to have the microphone today, which isn't a good thing at all, is it? Um, and I get to share God's word. And, and, and I just... As I was just praying about what to share today about being commissioned, I just, I just felt that God wanted us to go on a journey together from the very start. So that's where we're going to start. But first of all, um, one of our family values is that we are commissioned. What does commissioned mean? Commissioned means to pass responsibility to someone else. So when, when you hear about the Great Commission, Jesus gave the Great Commission, that is, he gave... There was this great passing of responsibility to others, to his disciples and to us as well. So as followers of Jesus, we've been commissioned, given the responsibility to take the good news of God's kingdom to the world around us. We're going to look at what that good news is in a minute. So that responsibility started with Jesus. It was passed to his disciples and now it's been passed to us, that responsibility. Um, and as a church family, we place a lot of value on this being commissioned thing. Our responsibility to take the good news of God's kingdom to the world. But let's start with Jesus. So God created the world. God placed um, people in the world. Adam and Eve were his first two people. And the first people that God placed in this world had full access to the eternal domain of God. They had full access to the eternal kingdom of God. They had unbroken fellowship with the living God. Um, There was this this overlapping of, of eternity and planet earth. But 
their sin cut them off from God. So Adam and Eve, they disobeyed God. And, and what happened is, is, is the world became cut off from God's eternal domain, from, from eternity. Um, so, so, so there was this kind of fallen world. And, and we live now in a fallen world. We live on a planet that um, there's lots of evidence that this is a pretty fallen world. There's a lot of sickness around. Um, there's a lot of, of um, fear anxiety, and, and, and there's a lot of stuff that, that just reminds you that this world is a fallen place. And, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that have great success in this world, um, but what is success really unless you have um, a connection with God, a relationship with God? And, and so it's always been God's desire to have relationship with the people that he placed on earth, and that includes you and me. It's always been God's desire to be reconciled to us. It's always been God's desire that we should no longer be cut off from eternity, from his eternal domain, from the kingdom of heaven, uh, but that we should know God and we should have access to his eternity, to, to, to heaven. So Jesus stepped into the world. Jesus came with one purpose, and that was to reconnect mankind with God. Amen? That was his purpose, to reconnect, to reconcile mankind with God and with eternity so that we wouldn't just live on this earth um, out of relationship with God and die and we understand that eternity for those that don't know God, that don't um, uh, put their faith in Christ is, is an eternal hell. But the truth is that those who put their faith in Christ have an eternal heavenly home. And, and that's the hope that we have, isn't it? That, that um, through Jesus, we can not just know God, but know God for eternity. And that's the harsh reality of it. It's not God's desire that any should perish. And we're going to read about that in just a minute. So there was this man, this, this religious leader. His name was Nick, Nicodemus. But we're going to call him Nick, because it's quite a long name otherwise to say. Um, he was a religious leader, and Nick approached Jesus one day, in fact, one evening. And, and the way that Jesus answered Nicodemus' question revealed that there was a way for humanity to reconnect with God's eternal domain, with heaven, with God himself. So let's just start with reading these verses here in John chapter 3, verses 1 to 7. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nick, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher who came from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So what qualifies someone to see the kingdom of God? To be born again, right? To have access to the kingdom of God, to see the kingdom of God, you've got to be born again. Nick said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? He's really not getting this, is he? Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water, that's speaking in, in my view of natural birth, and of the spirit, speaking of spiritual birth, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, natural birth, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Speaking of spiritual birth. Verse 7, do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. So, the way 
for a human being living in this fallen world to see the kingdom of God, the eternal domain of God, or to have access to God's eternal domain is to be born again. You're born once of the flesh, once naturally speaking, but to be born again is to be made spiritually alive to God. That is the core of your being, your spirit man becoming alive to God. Every human has a spirit, but our spirit is is dormant. It's not alive to God until you put your faith in Jesus. And we'll talk about why that is in a minute. But the moment a person puts their faith in Christ for the forgiveness of their sins, they are born again. This miracle happens on the inside, and you become reconnected to God. You still live in this flesh, and you will live in this flesh until you die uh, physically on this earth, but you... Now, because you've put your faith in Christ, your spirit, your, the core of who you are, is made alive to God, and you will live for eternity. And when you leave this earth, you'll be given a heavenly, glorious, eternal body that you will live in for eternity. That's good news, isn't it? That is the good news of God's kingdom. The good news of God's kingdom isn't just that, that we can be forgiven of our sin and have a relationship with God in this life, but that we can live for eternity in heaven with God. That's really, really good news. And that's why Jesus rose again, to prove that there is life beyond this natural grave. So, to be born again is to be made alive spiritually, done that. Jesus continued speaking with Nicodemus. So this passage goes on, and we're just going to skip forward a few verses now, because the next couple of verses that we're going to read reveal the heart of God for humanity. And it says in John 3, you probably know this verse, 16, and it says, For God so loved the world. Oh, let's say it together, why not? Ready? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So we talk about being saved, and this is what we're talking about. It's it's being reconnected, reconciled with God, born again, spiritually alive to God. And each one of us, if you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, then you're alive to God. Your spirit man is alive to God. And when you die, you know that you will go to heaven and you will receive your eternal, glorious, heavenly body. That is the good news of Jesus Christ. And it's God's heart that how many should perish? None. None. That's the heart of God. That's the desire of God, that none should perish. None should perish. God loves people. He placed us in this world because he wants relationship with us. Do you know that? That's why he created mankind. God's heart of love is so vast, he needed something to pour it into. And so he came up with humanity. He came up with human beings. It was his desire that that every human being should have relationship with him, that he would be our loving heavenly father, All the days of our lives, Adam and Eve, they disobeyed God. They were cut off from God. Mankind was cut off from God, but Jesus came to reconcile us to God, to make the way for us to be back with him. What good news that is, hey? So the moment that you put your faith in God, in in Jesus, then you're made alive to God. Your sin is washed away. This was the problem, sin. You become right with God, 
and you have access to his eternal domain, his kingdom. Everywhere Jesus went, he shared this good news. Everywhere. He talked about the, the, the good news of the kingdom. The good news of the kingdom, that you can know God and you can live for eternity with him. That was the good news of the kingdom. And, and everywhere Jesus went, he didn't just talk about the kingdom, he brought the kingdom with him. Because everywhere he went, miracles happened. People were healed. People were delivered from demonic possession and oppression. People were de- delivered from fear. People were delivered from anxiety. People were delivered from sickness. And, and they were physically healed everywhere Jesus went. These things happened. Um, it was like the kingdom of God. Jesus was carrying the kingdom so much that it just spilled out everywhere he went. You know, Jesus said, pray, um, pray thy kingdom come. And, and that's my prayer is, is that I wouldn't just be someone that shares a message, but that God's kingdom would come through me. Um, that, that I'd be so filled with the life of God that everywhere I go, miracles would happen, healings would happen. I'm a long way from that yet. I very rarely um, see, see miracles, healings, um, in terms of physical healings and, and things like that happen. But I know that, that God is challenging me to, to believe uh, for those things to happen through my life. Because I don't want this just to be a message that I share, which is an incredible life-changing message. But actually, I want it to be a, a message that is seen, that, that people see God's kingdom come. So everywhere Jesus went, he would often say, the kingdom of God has come near to you. And it's because these healings took place. People were forgiven of their sin. The, the mercy of God was just splashed into people's lives. It, was, it just spilled out of Jesus wherever he went. Um, the kingdom became accessible to everyone who would believe in Jesus. How do you see or have access to the kingdom of God? You've got to be born again. Born of God. Believe in Jesus and you're made alive to God. So let's look at an example of how the kingdom, the kingdom came through Jesus. So Matthew chapter 9 verses 35 and 36. It says, Then Jesus went about all the cities and the villages teaching in their synagogues preaching the gospel, the good news of the kingdom, healing every sickness and every disease among the people. The kingdom was just spilling out from him. Verse 36. But when he saw the multitudes, there were crowds, thousands and thousands of people following Jesus. When he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them. Again, the heart of God. Because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. You know, these multitudes, uh, one at a time, they were beginning to believe in Jesus. But he saw this, this vast crowd of people that were lost, people that were disconnected from, from God, people that were disconnected from the eternal kingdom of God. He was moved with compassion. And it goes on in, in, in um, the next couple of verses, which we won't read right now. But Jesus says, pray that the Lord of the harvest would send more laborers. Because right now, in this situation, Jesus is the only one going into the harvest. Right now, he's the only one in this context here carrying the message of the kingdom. So, for three years, Jesus shared the good news of the kingdom of God with people, with this small section of the world, with Israel. And and thousands began to follow him. He taught them about the kingdom of God and and how to, to live as a citizen of God's kingdom. That's what he taught them. And then, Jesus went to the cross. He He died on the cross. He was buried. He was very dead. Jesus was dead. As a human being, Jesus was dead. Um, 
But then on the third day, he rose from the dead, proving that there is life beyond the grave, proving that there is a glorious body for each one of us when we leave this world and go to heaven. He was the first of those who would be raised from the dead, it says in 1 Corinthians 15. So Jesus went to the cross. He accomplished everything that had to be done in order to make a way for humanity to be reconciled to God. What did he do? He took our sin. He, took, he was condemned for the sin of the world. He took the punishment for the sin of the world. So when a person puts their faith in Christ, what they're doing, they're accepting that Jesus took their sin. And so no longer do they have the, the thing that once separated us from God, sin. When we do our thing and don't do things God's way, it's all been taken by Jesus. Jesus paid for it on the cross. He took our punishment for us. Isn't it wonderful to know that God doesn't condemn you? God isn't going to punish you because Jesus took that upon himself. What an amazing thing. That's good news. So Jesus then passed on the responsibility of taking this message of the kingdom of God and that mankind could be reconciled to God to his disciples. He said to his disciples, now you go and take this message to the rest of the world. He told them to go as his representatives, as his ambassadors of of the kingdom of God. So let's talk about the disciples. Uh, Let's read in Mark chapter 16, verses 14 to 18, what Jesus said to them. Okay, so this is after Jesus has risen from the dead. And uh, before they then watch him literally ascend into heaven and leave them to it. So he says in Mark 16, 14 to 18. So it says, Later he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table, and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart, (laughs) because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. But now they did. And he said to them, this is what he said, Go. Everyone say, Go. Go into all the world and preach the gospel, the good news to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So the good news of God's kingdom isn't just a message that the disciples were, were commissioned to speak It was a message that they were commissioned to take. They were commissioned to demonstrate the kingdom of God wherever they went. We see that in that passage there. Jesus wants us to take, he wanted his disciples to take and us to take his life, his power into this broken world just as he did. And he also instructed his disciples to teach the ways of his kingdom as they took this message of good news. Because it's no good just knowing that you can be reconciled to God. And and it's no good just seeing uh, the the power of God's eternal kingdom at work in your life. Actually, God wants you to understand the ways of his kingdom. How do you live as a Christian? How do you live as a follower of Jesus? And so this is what he taught his disciples for three years. And then he commissioned them to take this message to the world as well. So there's a few more laborers here, aren't they? There's a few more people getting involved now in spreading the message of God's kingdom. Matthew 28, 
Here is another version of what Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. It says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations. So in the first passage that we read, Jesus said, Go and take the good news. Go and preach the gospel. Go and share the good news with people. Now he's saying, go and make disciples, make followers of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. So again, we see this great commission here, this this passing of responsibility to the disciples, go and take this message. Go and teach people about my kingdom. Teach them how to be followers. So the disciples weren't only equipped with the knowledge of Jesus and his kingdom, but they were also empowered with the Holy Spirit. And I would dare to say that you can know God personally. You can know everything about God there is to know. You can know that you're saved, that you have eternal life, that you will live for eternity. But unless you experience and have the power of the Holy Spirit at work in your life, then you probably won't be very good at going. You probably won't be very good at taking the good news to other people. So in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Everyone with me? Good. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Jesus is speaking to his disciples again before he is, ascends to heaven, after he's been resurrected. And it says this, Jesus says this, But you shall receive power. Come on. You shall receive power. Dunamis is the Greek word. Dynamite power. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Don't you like this verse, Davina? Oh, there you go. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Good job. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And it is you on the words, isn't it, Davina? You've done a great job today. Um, And Davina has been doing a great job in family church on the words with Stephen originally back in the day for at least, what, 23 years? (laughs) Something like that. So, well done, Davina and Stephen. These guys, they probably wouldn't like me saying this, but I'm going to tell you anyway. They brought us our first electronic projector where we could project onto a screen. That's, these guys did that. So, I'm thankful to God for Stephen and Davina. Yeah, I like it. And I like embarrassing them as well. So, it says, let's go back to this verse. So, Jesus says to his disciples, You shall receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So, a couple of things here. Um, first of all, though, in Acts chapter 2, so after Jesus ascends, in Acts chapter 2, we see Peter and the disciples filled with the Holy Spirit in this upper room where they were just waiting, waiting, wait. Do you know they were waiting for 10 days after Jesus ascended? 10 days. Of waiting, I get bored waiting after like ten minutes, <laughs> like let alone ten hours. But ten days of waiting for the promise of the Father, waiting, 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 and then the Holy Spirit, God pours out His Spirit upon them, and they 
they change. Something happens. They're empowered. Peter, who is literally denying Jesus just a few weeks earlier, who is beating himself up because he didn't even have the courage to say that he knew Jesus, is now empowered with the Holy Spirit. He steps out of that upper room and he preaches to thousands of people the good news of the kingdom of God. Thousands respond to the gospel and accept Christ as their saviour. I mean, what a turnaround has happened here. And why? Because the Holy Spirit is now operating in Peter's life. He's filled with confidence and boldness and power. You know, prior to this, Jesus had taught his disciples about the kingdom of God. They they knew Jesus. They understood his kingdom. But they were lacking the the guts, the power, the confidence to go and, and take this message to the world around them. So... Us. Let's talk about us now. As, as disciples of Jesus, as followers of Jesus, we have been given this same commission. We have been passed or delegated responsibility to take this good news of God's kingdom to the world around us. That's a huge responsibility. But like I say, when we dedicate children, you know, having a child is a huge responsibility, but a massive privilege. What a privilege it is to be representatives of God's kingdom. It is, isn't it? Um, so, as followers of Christ, we have this same commission. Jesus has passed responsibility to us to take the good news of his kingdom to this world. And uh, back in Acts, chapter, uh, Acts 1 verse 8, we see that Jesus says, Take this message to Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Thank you, Davina. You are on the ball today. Um, so starting with Jerusalem, he says to his disciples. So this is their locality. This is their community. And the same applies to us. Um, God wants us to take this message of good news, of God's kingdom, to the people around us, our friends, our family, the people that we live around, our community. Um, It says then uh, Judea and Samaria. So in other words, the wider area. Perhaps this is representative of our nation uh, for us. Um, Perhaps, um, you know, we're not just called to take the good news uh, to our community through the good works that we do, through caring hands, um, through... Um, Jesus said, people will glorify my Father in heaven by the good works that you do. Uh, And there are people in this community that are glorifying God and thanking God because of the good works that this congregation does in the community, led by Claire and the team. And uh, and, and so, so it's our local area. It's our nation as well, Judea and Samaria. And maybe that even speaks of Europe, maybe. Um, and then to the ends of the earth, so to the whole world. That's our commission. That's what God's given us responsibility to do. Take the message of the gospel to our world. Uh, and I, I think we're commissioned by Jesus to be missionaries, first of all, in our locality. First of all, to our families. First of all, to our friends. The way that you live makes a huge impact on the people around you on your family and on your friends and on your work colleagues and on your uh, friends at school and everything. The way that you live makes a huge impact on those people around you. If you say that you're living for God's kingdom and they see you're not living for God's kingdom, that has a huge impact. But if you say you're living for God's kingdom, that Jesus has changed your life and, and your life has clearly changed, that has a huge impact as well. And sometimes it's not so much what we say, it's, it's the way that we live. Um, but I also think that, that more and more, I think God wants his power to be 
flowing through my life. So that when I say to someone, I'm going to pray for you, I'm going to pray for you, the, the guy that I speak to at the school gate, whose, whose wife had a child very prematurely, uh, and they were so anxious, so concerned. Um, when I say to him, I'm going to pray for you, and I'm going to ask God to heal your child. This guy's a Muslim, by the way. And, and I've had so many conversations with him. I'm, I'm believing that I'm going to get the opportunity to introduce him to Jesus. But it starts by having conversations with people. And it starts by stepping out, not in your own strength, but in the boldness of God that he gives you by the empowering of the Holy Spirit. So you have to be ready. You have to be prayed up. You have to be a worshiper. You have to be filled with God's Spirit, right? So I keep going off of my, my notes, off of my subject. Well, it's, not, it's all on subject, isn't it? So, so taking this life-changing message of Jesus to the world around us starts by having a personal knowledge of Jesus, like the disciples had. Living according to the ways of God's kingdom, like the disciples were taught to do, and as they did. And being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, as the disciples were. Um, so, if you want to know more about how to be an evangelist in your world, then Pastor Andy is going to be running his Soul Winner course again very soon. I don't know what date that is running. Claire, you know all things. Okay. You, you know more than me these days. Uh, so, Soul Winner, um, it's, it's brilliant. If, if you want to challenge yourself... Um, in fact, how many people have done Soul Winner course? Just give me a wave. Loads of you. Brilliant. So those that haven't, if you want to challenge yourself in this area, then, then do Soul Winner. It's, I think it's five-week course, is it? Right? And it follows the book that Pastor Andy has written, Soul Winner. So you get the book, do the course. Uh, the website is? Soul Winner. <laughs> Search up Soul Winner, Andy Alms. Soul Winner. .co.uk, okay? Oh, and it, the next course is 20th of October. So we'll have our 25-year celebration on the 16th, and then you can start Soul Winner that week. Pastor Jeff, well done for using technology. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so stay with me. Stay with me. So we read, we read just now in, in Matthew chapter 9 uh, that Jesus saw the multitudes, the crowds, and he was moved with compassion, Right? And he said that these people are like sheep without a shepherd. And it's the heart of God that, that the world would hear the good news of Jesus. Um, and then, so Jesus then went on to say to his disciples, um, which I mentioned earlier, Matthew 9, 37, 38. The harvest is truly plentiful, truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Come on, Davina. The harvest... Is plen- Did I not include this scripture for you? Oh, it's not on my little screen. You think how good I am at creating scriptures. I'm just reading from the screen in front of me here. Anyway, it's broken. Another thing that's broken. <laughs> the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into his harvest. So this statement that Jesus said about the the laborers being few was very, very true, wasn't it, when Jesus was saying it, because it was only him. But then he he raised up 12 followers, 12 disciples to take this message. Um, And and his prayer was that there would be more and more laborers. And and that was answered. Apparently, there are 2.38 billion people who practice Christianity in the world today. 
That's a lot of laborers. So the issue isn't now whether there are enough laborers. The issue is whether there are enough laborers who are equipped, knowing Jesus, knowing his kingdom, who are empowered by the Holy Spirit, have the confidence and the boldness, and who are willing to go out. That's the question now, isn't it? The laborers were few. They're not anymore. The question is, are we willing? Do we know Jesus? You've got to know Jesus. If you're going to talk about Jesus, you've got to know Jesus. If you're going to talk about his kingdom, you've got to know his kingdom. And if you're going to do that, you've got to have the Holy Spirit. Because I am not great when it comes to just being me. (laughs) When it comes to doing things in my own strength. But with the Holy Spirit's strength and being prayed up and being worshipped up, I can do anything. Woo! We carry a life-changing message, don't we? Maybe this is the first time that you're hearing this message about God's kingdom and about how you can have peace with God and, and, and walk with God and have a relationship with the living God that created you. God isn't a harsh or an angry God. The only time in Scripture that Jesus describes his heart is in Matthew chapter 11. He says, my heart is gentle and lowly. I love that. Jesus didn't choose to say, my heart is judging <laughs> and proud, because it wasn't. It isn't. Uh, Jesus didn't even say, I'm, I'm powerful and, and have all authority. Jesus didn't say that, um, well, he didn't say anything. He said, my heart is gentle and lowly, humble. I love that. That's, that's the way that Jesus wants us to understand who he is. So God's judgment for sin, as I said earlier, was, was, was poured out upon Jesus. Jesus was condemned. Jesus was punished for the sin of the world. The thing that once separated us from God was taken by Jesus. But you can only have relationship with God if you put your faith in him. You can only have relationship with God if you say, yes, Jesus, I believe that you did that for me. Because this is a personal thing. God, God isn't just like, you know, big brush strokes. God is individual. He sees you as an individual, and he loves you as an individual. And even if you've never accepted Jesus, even if you've, you've never put your faith in him, even if you, you've heard this message before and you've rejected it, God still loves you. He loves you wholeheartedly. But he wants relationship with you. He wants you to to know him in this life and to have eternal life with him as well. What a wonderful message. Uh, Let's just finish with this scripture. 2 Corinthians 5 verses 18 to 21. And it says this. And all this, it's a famous one, isn't it, Steve? And all this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. Couldn't be clearer than that, could it? For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. So Jesus started this off. Reconciling the world to himself through Christ, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors, his representatives. God is making his appeal through us now. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, that we could be made right with God through Christ. 
That is the message. If you need the message summed up in one verse, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21. God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made, made right with God through him. Isn't that wonderful? So I know what this means for me and the, the, the way that I feel challenged at the moment to um, speak to people in my world who don't yet know Christ, uh, not just to speak to them, but make sure my life represents God's kingdom well. And I'm believing that, that more and more I'm going to see God's kingdom splashing out, being spilled out through my life as I pray for people as I talk with people, that I'm going to see miracles, supernatural things happen through my life as I represent God's kingdom. What does it mean for you? What does it mean for you? Um, As part of our church family, family church family, we want you to value being commissioned. We want you to value being ambassadors of God's kingdom. It starts with you being equipped. Do you know Jesus? Do you not just know about God? Do you not just know about his kingdom? But do you know what it means to be a citizen of God's kingdom? And are you empowered by God's spirit? It's so important that that we are people who are filled with the Holy Spirit. And if you don't really know what that means, talk to one of the pastors afterwards. Talk to one of the team. Ask them to pray for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And you will experience waves of God's presence and power in your life. And you will have boldness to go out into this world. And the last question is, are you willing? You know, are you willing? Not just equipped, not just empowered, but are you willing to be God's representative in this world? Good question, hey? And only you can answer that. Lord, I'm willing. I'm willing. And often it's a case of not what my will, Lord, because I feel really scared right now, but your will be done. Okay, I'm going to step out and I'm going to speak. Amen. So maybe you've heard, uh, maybe you've never heard this message before. Uh, Maybe you've never accepted the good news of God's kingdom. Maybe you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ. You can do so today because God wants relationship with you. I don't need to say it over again. God wants relationship with you. He created you for relationship. He wants you as his child. He loves you. And he does not want you to go to a lost eternity. He wants to know you in this life and for eternity. So would you just bow your heads and just pray. Everyone together. Pray, let's pray this prayer out loud today um, as you make your peace with God. Say, Dear Father, I accept that I cannot live up to your perfect standard and I repent of my sin. Thank you for sending Jesus to pay the price for my sin. I believe that you forgive me and you make all things new. I surrender to you and I want to take your path for my life. So please fill me with your Holy Spirit and empower me to live a life that honors you. Thank you for loving me. Amen. Just keep your heads bowed just for a moment. If you prayed that prayer, you've just made peace with God. You're accepted by him. You're loved by him. You always have been. But now you can come before God. You have access to his eternal kingdom. 
Would you just do one more thing for me? If you prayed that prayer for the first time, or maybe you've just come back to God, would you just raise your hand so that I can see who you are and where you are today? Anyone here? Okay, thank you. Right, you can lift your heads up. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure being with you today. Uh, Really grateful for Pastors Jeff and Jane and their servant hearts, the way that they love people. Don't they love people? They're so good at loving people. Um, You know, we we always have a bit of a running joke, actually, in, in our pastors' meetings. These are the guys that just, like, show us how to love people. Um, and I just want to encourage you. Um, one last thing. Let, let's serve. Let, let's, let's find our place in the house of God. You know, if, if you attend on Sundays, we'd love you now to take the next step and begin to serve on Sundays as well. Um, there's a place for everyone at this table, and we want, you to, we want to help you to find your place. So speak to uh, one of the team. I keep saying Claire. <laughs> She's going to be like inundated, I hope, um, afterwards. She doesn't mind you talking to her about this stuff. Speak to Claire. Let, ask her, where do you need help? Uh, and she will definitely find you a job. <laughs> right, God bless you.